Hi, my name is Jonathan. I am one of the pastors here at Heights, and we're so glad that you found us online. You know, at Heights, it is our desire to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. And one of the ways that we strive to do that is by posting weekly content at all of the places, on Facebook and on YouTube, on Instagram. We even have our own website where we're constantly posting things as well. If you're checking us out for the first time, you can go to heightschurch.org connect and let us know that you found us. And once again, we're so glad that you're here. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? How are you feeling? Right? Man, I'm so happy to be with you guys, be uh, at a home away from home. Uh, it's a joy each time I get a, an opportunity to be with you guys and to worship and share. It's wonderful when Lee is at the Way of Life Church. And, you know, I always tell people each time I do this, it, it's the most comfortable time for preaching for me uh, because I can always win when I preach away from my home church. Because uh, if I preach well, you know you'll love me. And if I preach bad, you'll love your own pastor that much more. <laughs> and so, so I can't lose. And uh, man, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, and I'm glad. Thank you guys for making the clock lore, very large. I, I really need that. Uh, I was sharing with, with one of your members, you know, I was asking that question, where will the, the clock be? He says, you don't need a clock. I say, listen, you will regret that if you don't have a clock. He says, well, if you go long, I'll just wave my hands. He said, I'll just go longer because I'm thinking you're worshiping in the spirit. <laughs> and so, uh, praise God. Uh, let's pray. I want us to pray as we uh, position ourselves before our Heavenly Father to hear and to receive his word. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much um, for this opportunity uh, to come together as the family you have made us to be come before your throne of grace right now, Lord, and to seek your presence, your power, that you would be our teacher through your Holy Spirit. God, we ask for your forgiveness of any sins that we have committed, any kind of wrong deed, wrong action, wrong attitude. Forgive us of the good that we neglected to do, and bless us with your truth this morning. God, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to learn and to live better because of what we learn. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I want to share with you uh, a story about uh, a person that was prayed for that uh, definitely had an impact on me as far as in my life uh, that was long-lasting. Uh, it's when we were meeting as a church plant in Rodeo Palms Junior High, and we were meeting there. We had just launched. This was uh, 2018, and there was a person that would visit our worship service from time to time. It was a young lady who had two twin babies, two twin girls, uh, infants at the time. And we wouldn't see her every week. We'd kind of see her every now and then. And on this one occasion, we had finished our service, and we were getting in small groups and praying for one another. And I found myself in the group with this young lady, and she shared a prayer concern. Uh, on this particular occasion, her girls weren't with her. And she mentioned how one of her girls was very sick. Uh, matter of fact, she was in need of a life-saving brain surgery, uh, and it had really impacted her life, and if things didn't go forward, um, it would be a not-so-good ending. And I'm gonna, I want to prepare you. I want you to see a picture of the condition of this baby, and it can be a little unsettling, but I really want you to understand kind of where I was in this moment. Uh, her name is Tori, and Tori 
Uh, because of this condition, you see how it was impacting her physically, was in need of this operation. And one of the concerns that the mother had was her blood type, that the surgery was so extensive that she would need an extra supply of blood to get through the procedure. And it happened at this point in time that the hospital was low on her blood type. And she had to have this procedure and she had to have it right away. And for whatever reason, you know, I pray for people uh, lots of times and pray for people in different circumstances, dire circumstances, but this one just hit me. It just hit me until I was actually kind of trembling in this prayer circle. And before we started praying audibly, I remember talking to God, and I was like, God, you got to say yes to this one. You, you, you have to. I know you don't have to, but I'm, I really want you to say yes to this one. I, I'm not sovereign like you. I don't know what you know. But this seems like this, is, this could only result in your glory by healing this little baby. And I don't know if, if, if you've ever thought about people you've prayed for, circumstances you've prayed for, right? And you don't know how it's going to turn out. But you were thinking, listen, if, if it's in my power to answer this prayer, I would absolutely say yes. If, if it was up to me, if some kind of way God says, listen, I'll let you answer the prayer. If it was up to me, I would just say yes. Anybody ever felt like that, been in a circumstance? If it was in your ability to say yes, you would. I want to talk about a prayer that falls into that category. A prayer that people in this room are connected to, that they can actually say yes to. That's the title of our discussion this morning, a prayer you can say yes to. And, and this prayer doesn't come from a mother, it actually comes from a son. It happens to be the son of God. And it's recorded in John's gospel, John chapter 17. Those of you that have Bibles, Bible apps, love for you to turn there. I know we'll have it on the screen, but I kind of like to be able to engage. Sometimes I move around and they may not be able to follow everything I do on the screen. But I want you to find your way to John's gospel, John chapter 17. And we're going to look at just a few verses from 20 through 23. John chapter 17, 20 through 23. And I want to give you a little context as we prepare to go into uh, this prayer. Chapter 17 is called the high priestly prayer. Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. He's had a time in the upper room with his disciples. He's given them instructions on how they are to engage and interact with the world while he's away. And in the beginning of the chapter, he prays for himself and then he prays for those 11 men who had left all of their lives to follow Jesus for three years. He prays for them and their mission in the world. And then in John chapter 17, he starts to pray about people in this room or people who may be watching online right now. Verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, 
even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. That prayer involves every follower of Christ throughout all of time. That if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, he prayed for you there. And look what he prayed for. He prayed for us to be one. Now think about this. I want us to process, walk and ask some questions. Why that? I mean, think about the things we pray for, right? We pray for our health. We pray for our well-being. We pray for other people and their health and their well-being. We pray for our careers. When we're going through final exams, we pray for our exams. Of all the things in the universe and all the experiences we may encounter, why this? You know, a lot of times when we think about our relationships, we think vertically only. As long as I'm good with God. Why doesn't Jesus in his prayer talk about my devotion to God? My understanding of his word. Why this? And we miss that he's always been concerned about our relationships. He's always communicated an importance about how we interact with one another. Jesus was asked, you know, if you take the, the law of Moses, what's the greatest command? Right? Which is another way of saying, what's the one thing God wants us to do? And Jesus answered it. He says, I want you to love God with everything, right? All your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sounds good. But then he goes on and says, the second is like it. That you would love your neighbor as yourself. On these two things hang all the law and the prophets. Law and the prophets is another way of saying the Bible hinges on us doing two things. Loving God and loving God. People. The Sermon on the Mount, recorded in Matthew 5 through 7, chapters 5 through 7. This is Jesus teaching about the kingdom, right? If we want to know what God wants, what's important to God, wouldn't we know it from the Son of God in his sermon? And what does he preach about? He says, in essence, that if your level of righteousness is that of the religious leaders of your day, the Pharisees, you won't even see the kingdom. And he starts to explain what it looks like. And he says, you've heard that you shouldn't commit murder. Yeah, we know we shouldn't commit murder. But he says, basically, if you're angry with your brother without cause, it's the same thing. That having unresolved anger will send you to hell. He starts talking about being devoted in your relationships, right? You've understand, understood that you shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't cheat on your spouse. He says, but that cheating starts in your heart with other people. And he says, some of you have become cheaters by leaving your spouses for reasons other than cheating. Yeah. Why all this talk about anger? Why this talk about marriage when we're talking about the kids? Because relationships are important to God. How we interact with one another is important. The Lord's Prayer right? He talks about, y'all know that part where, you know, some of us are, you know, debts and some of us are trespassers. You know, y'all know that part? Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And to make and drive that point home, he explains it out of the whole prayer. He doesn't talk about, you know, your will be done on earth. He doesn't talk about give us our daily bread. He explains what he said about forgiveness. He says, if you forgive others, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, your father in heaven won't forgive you a condition of grace based on how we relate to one another. I tell people, if you have a grudge, do not pray the Lord's Prayer. Because <laughs> you're in essence, you're saying, Lord, forgive me the way I forgive other people. And so relationships are important. He wants his followers, all his followers, to be united to be one. And this seems pretty good, right? Because we, we love people, right? How many of you love people? You love people. And so this isn't a big thing. Some of you lie, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But the question is, how do we love people? Because what I love about this prayer, right? And, and it's just huge and, and hard for us to digest. This is God praying to God. He is specific on the level of unity, right? Because we love people to the extent that we can leave them when they become unlovable, right? You know, I really think that's behind some of all of the mania that we've experienced in this last year. Because this mania forced us to be in a position where we had to love people we didn't want to love, right? I'm sure we were concerned about the economy and opening up businesses, but some of you needed your spouses to go back to work. <laughs> right? And these are people you picked. <laughs> right? Nobody could, could, had to force you. You chose to love this person in sickness and in health. And you had a hard time loving them. Some of you had a hard time loving the people you made. Right? The kids have to be in school for education. No, for my sanity. <laughs> you know, I think some people were calling child protective services on themselves a little bit. <laughs> you know, I need you to visit the Smith home. I, I think something's going on. There's lots of yelling. You need to come and do a welfare check. And maybe you need to remove the kids for a few days to complete your investigation. You know, when will you be here? I mean, when will you be there? We like to find a comfortable place to love people, right? And we kind of do it like Astro fans. You know, we got some hardcore Astro fans here. And then we got some fair weather Astro fans, right? You know, you got people, you know, my brother Kerry over there, he's got on an Astro shirt right now, after season. Some of us got a shirt when they were in the World Series, right? And we wore our shirts, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. I got mine, Academy. And my other one is 2017, right? <laughs> and, uh, and congratulations to the Astros, y'all. Really congratulations to the Astros. I mean, you think about it, World Series three out of the last five years is pretty amazing. Um, fantastic team. Now, I don't, I don't know why they haven't won the championship since the first game, but... Uh, 
That was a fastball, so, you know. <laughs> bad joke, bad joke. But as Astros fans, when we would wear our shirts in the grocery store, we'd say, hey, you know, go Strohs. And you would speak to people you wouldn't normally speak to. You might even have a little short conversation about the past game or the upcoming game. But that was kind of the end of your connection. If you happened to be at the game and they scored, right, you'd high-five a person that you had no other connection to. And we kind of do that in church, right? Even when we come to the place, we sit in our seats, things are going well, and we might interact. But that's the end of our interaction. That's the limit of our relationship. Many of us, when the place was crowded before the pandemic, we still practiced some social distancing, right? We did some social distancing with our purses, right? You put the purse in the seat, you know, just to keep it off the floor. Yeah, also so people won't sit right next to you. <laughs> and the way guys do it, we don't have a purse. We just kind of put a cheek in between the chairs. <laughs> just kind of take up a little piece of that chair. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. Okay. <laughs> How does Jesus want us to be one? Do y'all remember reading it? He says, as the Father is in me and I in him. He is literally saying, I want their unity to be out of this world. To be like the Godhead. Three persons, one essence. That they're not always in the same place, per se. There's a place where Jesus was, and the Father, and of course, the Spirit is everywhere, but they're the same. They're the same in every way that's important. And he's saying, I want my followers to be like that in their unity. Right? It'd be very strange to go to that Astros game and have the Astros score and say, hey, what a great game. Hey, you want to go out to eat after the game? Right? That, ooh, that's a little uncomfortable. But it shouldn't be uncomfortable for followers of Christ that we are bonded by some super sticky stuff that we come together. And we want to come together, and we want to stay together, and we want to move together. This is what he is praying for. And you may think that's real nice to say, but that's not really practical, right? There are things about people that we, we, just, we just don't connect well. We don't agree on things. And you don't have to agree on everything. You know, what? Well, how is it that we can have this type of unity? And I love what Jesus does in this in this prayer because he didn't just pray that that we would be one he talks about how he has provided and deposited something in believers to facilitate our unity he says in verse 22 the glory that you have given me i have given to them that they may be one even as we are one do y'all see that in verse 22 that he has given us his glory. When we talk about glory, it's like the, the manifestation of who he is. And in the prologue of this gospel, in chapter 1, verse 14, John, the writer, talks about the glory of Jesus. And he says, the word became flesh. This is around chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says, and we have beheld his glory. Glory as the only begotten son 
full of grace and truth. And that glory that only belongs to God, he says, I've extended to those who believe in me. That those who follow me ought to kind of radiate with my nature. His grace and his truth, his revelation. And it is that nature and that truth that facilitates our unity. How do I have this nature of God? Well, if you've ever heard of the fruit of the Spirit, right, in the book of Galatians, Galatians 5, through 23, describes what the Holy Spirit produces within us as believers. And what does it talk about it producing, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Things that there's no law against. And I want you to process this for a moment, right? Because some of those things absolutely draw us to our God. Having the love of God facilitates my relationship with God. Having the joy that can only come from God facilitates my relationship with God. But some of those things have to do with other people. Patience. Patience. Why patience? Because he knows us. He knows just how annoying we can be. Think about it. You've been annoyed by people. And you've run out of patience. And those people you were able to separate yourself from, you were able to put your distance between them and yourself. But God is everywhere. And he encounters all people. And you think about if anybody needs patience... It's God. The fact that he didn't just wipe out and start over every 10 years speaks to his grace. And he says, that kind of patience I give to you. Not your patience. My patience. That means that people who get on your nerves can stay on your nerves longer than they could with somebody else because you have God's patience. He's given you his kindness. That's a people thing. It's not about you being kind to him. It's about us being kind to one another. And so he has given us his glory in his nature, but also his truth. In the revelation of God, he gives us the recipe for for unity. You ever heard of the one another's? I want you to Google it one day, just the one another's in, in the Bible. There's close to a hundred of them, right? Love one another, forgive one another, comfort one another, encourage one another. That is the recipe for our unity. And that's not just a church thing, that's a Christian thing. That's to be utilized for that person you chose and those people you made. This glory has a powerful impact when we go into that because because it shows that we're bonded by some sticky stuff you know this last year showed how all the things that are existing that can separate us all the things that are out there that can divide us but there ought to be something that makes us draw to one another anybody ever heard of match.com right anybody look for a relationship at match.com don't raise your hand because your spouse is next to you you know 
Don't, don't keep that to yourself. <laughs> it's a dating, dating app, right? And the way it works is you create a profile that kind of describes who you are and who you're looking for, and the computer has this algorithm to try to match you with, with people who have the same interests as you, same perspective, right? The thought is if you have some similarities, it'll facilitate your, your union, right? And people talk about, you know, I, I'm into uh, candlelight dinners and, and long walks on the beach. And I've always found those suspicious, right? Because you, you'll see long walks on the beach with a person that lives in Montana, right? You can't have long walks. What beach are you walking? You know, is it long walks from the beach across state lines? I don't know. Uh, thank you, Sherry. I appreciate you. She got my joke. Uh, Match.com, the principle is true. The application is incorrect. It is absolutely true that if we have some things in alignment, it facilitates our unity. Match.com focuses on physical stuff. But the word of God tells us it's the spiritual stuff that facilitates our unity. What kind of stuff? Stuff like one body, one spirit, having uh, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is over all, through all, and in all, according to Ephesians chapter 4. That's the sticky stuff. That's the stuff. As long as we have, the other stuff doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you vote for, who you look like. Doesn't matter what side of town you live on. Those are temporary physical things. But the most important thing that draws us together is the things that God has put in us and done for us. And that supersedes all the other stuff. And there's a powerful thing when we do that, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what he says in the prayer. He says that the world may believe that you sent me. Do you guys remember reading that? I need y'all to process that for a moment. I used to remember as a kid thinking about people who didn't believe in Jesus and what would happen to them eternally. And I would think, you know, God, if you would just do one of those miracles, you know, part of Red Sea again, maybe they would believe. Now, you should think that. And then I wasn't thinking about what Jesus did, right? Jesus raised people from the dead, and they crucified him. They still didn't believe. Even though they saw this miracle happen. But look what he says in this passage. He says there is a miracle that will facilitate belief. And it's our unity. It's to see people like you and I come together, stay together, grow together, serve together. He sings people through that, sing that, because they know that we don't like to hang out. We, don't, we have a hard time loving people just as human beings. Sing them do that. Makes a believer out of unbelievers. I can believe John 3, 16, that God so loved the world because I see how you love one another. That's powerful, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't want you to think that this is just a prayer that's just out there. It actually happens. In Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, right? And the Holy Spirit comes and the apostle Peter preaches to the crowd. 
And after they repent or are baptized, the number of believers go from a little over 100 to 3,000 in a day. It goes from a house church to a mega church in one day. And in Acts chapter 2, I want to I read this to you, uh, starting at the 44th verse, Acts chapter 2, that describes this church. It says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Do y'all see that? How is it that this mega church grew in a hostile environment, not just on Sundays? Because people saw love Sunday through Saturday. And people want that kind of love. People need that kind of love. We need that kind of love. And y'all, it's not just in the book. We've tasted that here, right? We've worshiped together. I remember there was a praise time in which we all had, came together and singing praises to our God, worshiping with brothers and sisters in the faith. And you guys did something even beyond that. As a little church plant trying to grow in a different community, you left your house of worship for a month and worshiped with us. What a powerful statement of Christ. What a picture of unity that is on the screen right there. Right? In, in the book of Acts, when you think about this, this picture, when you understand the context, that, that it was made up not just of Jews from Jerusalem, but from Medes and Parthians, Elamites. Right? Do you know how hard it is to get along with an Elamite? But, but in this picture, you got white, you got black, you got brown, you got Republicans, you got Democrats. There might even be a Californian or a cowboy fan in that group right there. <laughs> but it's a picture that tells the world Jesus must be real. That there's a glory that they see in that. You know, I have this uh, box up here. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, it says Star Wars. And if I can open it, it's a jigsaw puzzle. It's a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Anybody in the putting puzzles together? Okay, got a few. Now, it's super small. You can't really see it from your seat, let alone maybe on a screen. But these pieces fit together in a certain way, right? And, and I, I'm compelled to kind of, if I see these kind of things, I want to try to see it come together. I just can't help myself. And, and, and what happens when you find the space, because there's some pieces that look alike, right, that don't go together, look like it ought to go but it's just not right, didn't quite fit, and doesn't go, and then you have to hunt and find that piece. 
And when you start filling out the, the, the whole puzzle, it's this hunt to find those remaining pieces, right? Because you have the space and you want to complete the picture. And every now and then, it's a rare occasion, sometimes the piece that I'm missing and I'm looking all through the box or all over the table, sometimes it's right near the space that need to be filled. Anybody ever experienced that before? And I want you to know that you don't have to go across town to try to find another Christian to be connected to. You're probably close to one right now that you are perfect fit in connecting to, that you were positioned and that you were made who you are to connect. And somebody may be sitting next to you or maybe that person you chose or maybe those people that you made. Um, a good plan and an approach to living this out actually comes not from a biblical scholar, but from an automaker. Uh, Henry Ford. Here's what Henry Ford said. He says, coming together is a beginning. Staying together is progress. Working together is success. And so wherever you are, if you're not together, then begin by coming together. If you're already connected with other believers, then make sure you stay together and try to move towards working together. Because y'all, it's a beautiful thing, you know, when you put these pieces together. It forms an image, right? And this is a Star Wars puzzle. And when you put these pieces together, it reveals this image, right? But it does something. It reveals this image to a greater ratio. It makes things more easily seen. And y'all, we have the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in us. And when we come together, the world sees what it couldn't otherwise see with us by ourselves. When we're just these pieces out in the world, it misses the glory of who we were designed to be together. You know that little girl, Tori, and I talked about it. I talked about how the prayer was life impacting for me. We, we, we prayed, and that prayer was answered for Tori. I think we have a picture of Tori a few days uh, after her surgery. And you see, she even looks better just days after that procedure and having the blood that she, she needed to get through that surgery. That, Prayer was answered. And the reason I have that picture of Tori is because her blood was B positive. And when I heard that in the prayer, I knew I had a responsibility because my blood is B positive. And I was able to go and donate blood and designate it for Tori and her procedure. God had deposited in me what was needed to answer the prayer. He's done the same thing with us and his prayer. Will we say yes to his prayer? 
Will you say yes to the another that sits next to you or the another you may have even arrived here today with or the another you work with or the, the another you go to school with? Will you say yes? The world needs it. And the Lord wants it. Pray with me. I want to thank you so much for watching today's message. And I want to simply ask you a question. Is there a time in your life that you have given your life to Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you come to know Him? Now, you might say, well, I know Jesus. I've heard about Him. I mean, you just preached about Him. I've been in church before, but that's not the question I'm asking you. Is there a time that you have given your life over to Jesus? where you have invited him in your life and simply said, Jesus, you now are the Lord and Savior of my life. I like to explain it this way. Have you given him the username and password of your life? Does he have access to all accounts in your life? See, the Bible says that we need to place our faith and our trust in Jesus in order to be saved, in order to have our sin forgiven, have a relationship with God now, and to be in heaven with God throughout all of eternity, we need to trust in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and through the resurrection. Now, you today may be ready to do that, but you say, I, I don't know how to do that. How do I place my faith and trust in Jesus? Well, the Bible says this, that we call out on the name of the Lord. I love what Romans chapters 10 in verse 13 says. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when it says call on the name of the Lord, you know what that means? Just to pray. To say, you know what, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And maybe you're watching this and say, I, I don't know how to pray. I, I've never done that. Well, I want to invite you to follow along with me. And if it's on your heart and your mind today to say, I'm ready to be a Christian. I'm ready to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. Then I'm going to invite you right now to pray with me. And so just right where you are, you can call out to him and simply say something like this. Dear God. Today, I call out to Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I place my faith and my trust in Him to be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin and giving me life forever with you, God. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, friend, if you've prayed with me today, no matter where you are, we'd love to follow up with you. You can simply go to heightschurch.org slash connect. That's going to take you to our website. Right there on the website, you click decision. And you let me know you've made that decision, that you've prayed that prayer with me. I'm going to be in touch with you. That information is going to come right to me and we'll help you take your next step of faith. And so thank you for watching today. I encourage you to subscribe to our Facebook page and our YouTube page so you stay current with all of our digital content. If you're ever in our area, we'd love to see you in person at a service at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So till we see each other again, God bless.